with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, slash morning, slash afternoon, slash whatever, wherever you are. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolak. The gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, of course, yes, not for the last couple of weeks, but back again is the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Woohoo! Hey, how is everybody? Glad to be back. Yeah, glad to have you back. Turned back up like a bad penny. Here I am. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry I've been away so long. Just uh, life, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. We got to do the original Ghost Chronicle with Maureen Woods, so that was kind of fun for me. I saw that. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. So we did that. So that's great. Well I'm glad. Anyway, uh, speaking about the original Ghost Chronicles, as you know, we started about 20 years ago on WCCM, and uh, they recently got rid of all their on-air lights and i was able to score one of the old ones oh. so i have one of the original on-air lights from the wccm station so that's awesome. oh that's so cool can mm-hmm. can you hook it up and make it like work or yeah. does it just plug oh, yeah. in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, i can do it work but i'm I'm switching it over to led but uh yeah yeah because yeah, it yeah. has this ancient bulb in it so uh, that's awesome i love that mm. that's great Anyways, we do have a guest today, and thank God. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm going to say her name properly, I believe. I uh, hope so. I yes, think you can handle it. Because I used to date a girl by the same name. Anyways, oh. <laughs> joining us today is author Nicole Bochamp. Yay! Hello. <laughs> nice How are work. You? Mm. So, <laughs> Nicole. Uh, I, I saw you had a new book come out called Haunted Detroit, which is, uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, is why we're having you on the show. But can you tell us a little bit of about yourself? Uh, you're not yeah. my former girlfriend, right? No, <laughs> I am not. Right. Okay, I think good. She's that's, a that's little a young for you, my friend. That, that, that's that's a good thing. That's that's a good thing. I'm I'm happy about that. <laughs> so I many levels. <laughs> I am from Bay City, Michigan. I have been interested in the paranormal my entire life. I actually started dabbling in paranormal investigation when I was in high school and then started my own team, Tri-City Ghost Hunter Society, in 2009. Um, And then I've done, with that team, just so many different investigations all over, all over the country, different parts of the world. Um, worked, got to work with like the tap team a couple of times, which was really awesome. And then in 2020, I published my first book, Haunted Bay City, Michigan. I now offer paranormal tours of that book in my hometown. And now this year I will be releasing my second book, Haunted Detroit in August. Awesome. 
Congratulations. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. Uh, before we get into your new book, I'd like to learn, you know, uh, you know, learn a little bit more about your first book, uh, Haunted. What was it again? Haunted Bay City, Michigan. There you go. Like the Bay City Rollers, right? Yeah. S A T U R T A Y. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, uh, what, 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 you know, what drove you uh, to uh, write your first book? Mm-hmm. Well, I always had an interest in writing as a, even as a young child. So the paranormal was an interest of mine, and I would fill notebooks with stories as a kid. So these two things were both kind of happening simultaneously. And then I went to, you know, college and university. I got two degrees and I wasn't making too good of money doing that. So <laughs> I was, hey, I need to go back to school. This is not working out for me, obviously. <laughs> So I enrolled in massage therapy school. And while I was in the midst of massage therapy school, this publisher, uh, this editor from this publication company wrote me and they said, we have been watching you um, over the course of, you know, 12 years or whatever. And we would really like you to write a book for our Haunted America series. And so that was like a bucket list dream of mine. And so I couldn't say no at that time. So Mm -hmm. I just, I struggled through it all together all at the same time. And somehow in the same month, I became both a licensed massage therapist and a published (laughs) author. Wow. All fell into place. It did. (laughs) Yeah. And before that, I didn't even have a job because I lost my job due to COVID. So, you know, I had I went into COVID with, you know, with a measly minimum wage job, I guess you could say. And then, um, you know, lost my job and then emerged after the shutdown with two new jobs. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's awesome. (laughs) And my daughter's in esthetician school and is, you know, loves that whole realm of oh, yeah. you know the massage therapy and the skin and all that so uh it's 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 not easy to juggle a full-time job and also you know go to school as i'm sure no you, well you, i you i was working well i was uh i i shouldn't say it was not working at all like i <laughs> so while i was in school um i was working as a zookeeper which is oh. crazy. So I was doing that um, and working many, many hours. I mean, I'd come in early, I'd leave super late, and I was doing very uh, manual labor. Mm. So I was doing that. And then I was three days out of the week going to massage school. Right. And then I was writing the book. And I don't even to be, look, I look back and my first book to me is like a marvel because I'm like, when did I have any time to even write that? <laughs> and somehow really? I didn't just write it. Like I did so much research where I went and met with people like somebody from each location and all this, you know, so much work. And I'm like, how did I have the time? Because I don't even I couldn't even breathe. <laughs> wow. Well, busy people somehow accomplish a lot. I feel. Yeah. 
you know, like <laughs> the busier sure. you are, the more motivated you are, I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh. exactly. Wow. So in your first book, what are some of the locations that you talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm going to remember all of them off the top of my head, but I'm going to give it a good drive. That's all right. That's um, all right. There's the Sage Library. Mm-hmm. which is on the west side of Bay City. I have the Bay City Antique Center, USS Edson, Voodoo Tattoo, Tummy Eight Candy Store, <laughs> um, the Masonic Temple in the Scottish Rite, mm. and State Theater. And I think that's it. Wow. That sounds very interesting. Oh. Some of those names are great. There is one more. There is one more. There was the Bella Pock Art Gallery, which I just remembered about. But um, that's in the Shear Brothers building. And yes, all of those locations are right here in Bay City. They're extremely haunted. Um, there's some really, really good um, ghost stories that have come out of each one of those and sometimes multiple ghost stories. Um, so, yeah, if you ever get the chance to visit Bay City, pick up a copy of the book and check out the locations because... There's a, they're, they're really amazing to see, and there's a lot going on there. Mm. Do you do your tours in Bay City, or do you do them in Detroit? Uh, I do the tours, the haunted tours in Bay City right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, every year, I work with a local art center. So we do um, haunted tours, and we're trying to do a little bit extra this year. So we might be actually offering overnight investigations. Oh, and cool. then we do um, one one date in uh, October, we do an event. So it's like all kinds of vendors who are like macabre or creepy or paranormal. And <laughs> we all get together and put on like a little bazaar with psychics. And it's a lot of fun. That's fun. Sounds fun. All the cool people. Sorry. yeah Yeah. this is like i don't know if you ever saw that meme from mean girls and then you see um there's a picture of they say you can't sit with us and then there's a picture of morticia adams and it says i don't want to (laughs) that's how our event is is just like for all the creepy weird people that you know that are just like me so i like it (laughs) I'm telling you, the other people are weird. It's not us. I'm just saying. You, well, you do have a point. <laughs> I think they're weird if they don't have, you know, some kind of odd interest that, you know, everybody else in the well, world doesn't. Okay, let, me, let me say this is not necessarily child friendly, but I feel like most people have odd interests yep. and yet they go unnoticed. But... That- yeah, I'm weird because, you know, I think ghosts are interesting. But, you know, but carry on with your darkness. And, and then, you know. <laughs> we won't even talk about it, but you know what right. I'm talking about. Yes. I, know you've, yeah. I know you've heard and seen some things, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So your tours, are they walking tours or are they just tours of particular locations or, or, or how, how are they run? Uh, they are walking tours, so we kind of sneak around the downtown area of Bay City, and I tend to dress up in a very creepy fashion, and they're kind of a little bit theatrical as well, because, you know, 
Thanks. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to go on a tour and just see me standing there and just mm-hmm. <laughs> talking very boringly. Um, right. So they're they're very animated and theatrical, and they're not. I try not to be too cheesy, but you know, there's some humor in there and and things like that, <laughs> just to keep people engaged. Absolutely. Is Bay City? Uh, what is the age of of the the city? Um, the city is, so that's a really good question. I believe, so Bay City came to be in like the late 1800, or I'm sorry, mid to late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And then, so Bay City was composed of two different parts. So there was East Bay City and West Bay City, and the two cities became unified in, I think, 1905. I believe that's the year they became mm-hmm. unified. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they basically, it's like, one big city, but it's divided up. It's still divided up by um, a series of different bridges. So uh-huh. it's right. quite pretty. Um, you know, we have a lot of, it. it's very picturesque. Um, kind of reminds me sometimes of like Amsterdam, I guess, when I oh. see photos, but mm-hmm. not, not so much in the ideology. <laughs> <laughs> Culture. Okay. Whereabouts is it located? Uh... Um, yeah. So <laughs> if you, if you're familiar, are you familiar with Michigan or? Yes. Um, On a whole. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, we are about 45 minutes north of Flint. Um, okay, and okay. if you look at your hand, if you look at your left hand, um, we are right at the base of the thumb. Okay. All right. Yeah. All righty then. And on the water, I assume, right? <laughs> yep, right on the water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's okay. kind of cool. So, if people were interested in going to these tours, how could they do that, uh, Nicole? Uh-huh. So, the best thing that I would recommend is to go on Facebook.com. I would type into the search bar Studio 23, Bay City. Mm-hmm. And that will pull up the Art Center Studio 23 that's here. And if you just follow that page, you'll get all the updates as to all the events that the studio puts on, including the ghost tours. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. So, so you list, go ahead, Ian. I was just going to ask, I know that, uh, do you have like a base uh, that you operate out of in Bay City? Like a particular, like a store, or what's your, what's your, where do you start? I wish I, you know, I wish I had a cool answer for you, but oh, it's just okay. of my apartment. Oh, so <laughs> I have. That's okay. My, well, I have all my promotional materials, you know, out and just sitting around because I just got a ton of them because the publisher is just mailing them to me left and right with this new book, so. I had the box kind of opened on these promotional postcards I had, and I come home one day, and they are literally all over the floor. I mean, chunks of them everywhere. And I'm like, what the heck happened? Oh my well, God. my cats got into them, so my cats are <laughs> dragging them everywhere. Damn, I so. thought it was paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> the ghosts well, are like, everywhere. Cats are paranormal. (laughs) I'm 
I really wish I had an office because then I, you know, I could escape these little critters, but I do love them. So it's okay. The reason I asked that question, because I was recently in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. uh, And of course, that's a historic Bayside city as well. You know, Oceanside, really. But their home base is a place called the Black Cat Shop. And I thought that was so cool. Um, you know, to have that whole affiliation, like, um, and that is, that's where they meet. That's where they start the tour. So mm-hmm. just thought I'd ask. You never okay. know. <laughs> oh, you mean, I'm sorry. Um, if you're meeting, where do we start the tour? It's definitely Studio 23, because uh, Studio 23 is right downtown. But if you're meeting, where do I operate out of as far as, like, everything oh. else that I do? It's my apartment <laughs> uh, yeah I kind of met like where you know where did you start where did you begin but uh yeah, that's cool. 23 definitely not the apartment <laughs> all right so all when right. you do these pours to- yeah pours tours uh <laughs> well I was gonna say people in tours so that's where you pours so anyways <laughs> when you do you do these tours do you have people that uh you know know these buildings as well and 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 like want to contribute to with their own story sometimes oh absolutely yeah sometimes on the tour i'll tell a story and then after the tour people will come up to me and be like i had that same exact experience there and sometimes it's just really wild because you think oh this is you know a a very personal experience for the person who you know who contributed their story to the book and then you find out no this isn't really that unique so many other people had the same thing happen so mm. yeah that happens all the time uh-huh. oh, cool so now, mm-hmm. on the Go first ahead. Uh, on the first uh book and, and the tours that you do what's your favorite uh place to talk about uh, my favorite place to talk about you know that's that's a hard one but i would guess i would have to say on the tour, probably the Antique Center, just because that location, um, that store was located right in the middle of Hell's Half Mile. And what Hell's Half Mile was, was a six block strip. It was actually the red light district of Bay City. And it was really the most like violent, um, like the most violent people were down in that area i mean there was so much death and destruction and chaos and it all like the epicenter of it all was right where they did center sits today so it's cool to go there and be like hey guys like we're standing right here and you know we couldn't do this back between 1865 and the turn of the century because you know we would have probably got murdered so (laughs) i mean it's really cool to just be able to do that, you know, to be able to realize, I guess, how far we've come as not only like within, you know, paranormal experiences, but just our history and the evolution of our city. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So so when you wrote this book, did you investigate any of these places or you were primarily uh on interviews of of different people who had experienced this i did interview or i did investigate a couple locations in the book um however with my contract i 
not able to really, with the exception of the preface and conclusion, I'm not really, I was not really able to write much about my personal experiences because they want the book to be more like, you know, generic. Yeah. Like they don't want, they don't necessarily want you to be interjecting all of your findings and experiences as a paranormal investigator because they think it can get kind of boring for people maybe like readers like because they don't understand (laughs) all of the you know the equipment we use so I mean I do talk about other people's experiences but I I try to like sometimes I'll talk about um I like to I like to write stories about people that have visited a place or like you know, the owners or the manager, somebody that has no paranormal ties and has been there and has had experiences, but I'll throw in a couple paranormal investigative stories as well, because I do like that diversity, but I'll try to leave out a lot of that um, equipment jargon. And if I do put anything in, I'll explain it at the most basic level. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what was uh, what location did you have your your greatest paranormal ex- experience in? Um, I would probably say the Sage Library because oh, I had a really cool experience at the Bella Park Art Gallery here. But I would say the Sage Library. We actually made a historical discovery as a team Ooh. where we we're able to uncover um, this man who was actually a pioneer of our city, but because of his position in life, he was kind of overlooked. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to get the attention of someone. And, you know, uh, we were doing a voice box session and we got his name three times and Yeah. And well, it wasn't, I mean, I guess the second time it wasn't, he didn't really say his name, but so we asked, you know, um, what is your name? We got the name Jacob. Then we said, could you tell us your name? And the, the voice box that I just did. So then, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, and it's clear as day. And then, you know, we said, it, we said it again, cause we were like, maybe this is just a fluke. So we were like, could you tell us the name of a person who is here right now? And then a female voice said, Jacob. So I was like, what is with this whole Jacob thing? So I went and asked the managing librarian if she knew any Jacobs that had passed there. And she said, nobody passed in the library that she's aware of. But there was a man that worked for the library who passed away. He was the only Jacob on record that had worked there and passed away. And he was actually the carpet layer for the library. Oh my God. So wow. I was able to like find his obituary and like uh, they said, you know, ever since the, the, his story has been told, he's kind of been laying lower in the library. So it's really <laughs> cool. I mean, to uncover all of that. That's awesome. That's so really. We, uh, coming up on the break and well, let's look at a few more minutes. The, um, your team, what, what is your team comprised of? Uh, how many members? And mm-hmm. Right now we have um, three members. Mm-hmm. 
So we have a very small team. We started out as a very, very big team. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the years, we've kind of just um, dwindled down to core members. And it's mainly comprised of loved ones that I oh. know personally I trust because mm-hmm. we just had so much bad luck in the past with bringing on board people that we didn't really know. And, you know, we're going into people's homes and we're going into businesses and we don't want to create you know, we don't want to have drama and issues and all that. Right. So, uh, yeah. So it's just a small team, but, you know, we get the job done. <laughs> I think it's better to keep it small, honestly. Yeah. Unless you have a large building and then it gives you some problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. That's when, that's when you get creative. <laughs> You're like, hey, you know, I can, I mean, there are people that I, you know, we can borrow if we need to that right. exactly. are on the trusted good list, but, you know. <laughs> just depends. <laughs> yeah, you really you really do need that level of trust though and that comfortableness that you don't need to worry about anything because you trust everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's important. So anyways, we're coming up to the break, so we're going to have to take a break for a minute, and then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, your new book, uh, Haunted Detroit, and uh, well, continue a little bit about, I want to learn more about how you investigate s- as well. So anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron right here on Toginet, and wherever else fine uh, podcasts are being played. Uh, we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Glenn Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. And uh, you too can become a member. Uh, go on to Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. You get access to over 30 exclusive videos. So anyway, we do have to take a break and we'll be uh, right back after the following message right here on Tojinet Radio. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. Although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian. And our special guest this evening is author Nicole Beauchamp, of, the author of Haunted Detroit. And Haunted Bay State, right? And Haunted Bay State. No, Bay City. No, Bay, Bay City. City. Bay City. I don't, don't listen, don't now, listen to me. What, what do I know? Look what you made me say. I know. See? <laughs> so, so easy. Yep. Anyway. All right. So before the the break uh we were speaking with nicole about her team and uh i'm curious how do you do an investigation nicole yes so um what we do is somebody will reach out to us then at that point we will send over a questionnaire get a feel for the person you know is it a home or business how big is it? You know, that kind of determines then how many people we're going to need. And it also kind of determines, you know, is this person experiencing paranormal activity or is there another issue? <laughs> and you guys might know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So anywho, so we'll kind of review that as a team and decide if it's a place we want to go to. And then we'll go there and we'll kind of get a layout to her. And then um, we do use equipment, but over the years, it's really, we've really pulled back on how much equipment we use just because it's become more about having that personal experience um, rather than proving anything to anybody. So, um, but we do tend to use, you know, just like basic recorders and a digital cameras and I love motion sensor cameras and I love REM pods because those are kind of nice. If I'm not in the room, I can still hear them going off. Mm-hmm. Um, but our arsenal is not as extensive as, like I said, it once was because so long as we're capturing most of the audio and video in the hot spot areas, I mean, as long as those are covered, you know, we don't, we don't go too crazy because um, that'll that'll then allow for easier um, uh, setup and easier packing right. away the equipment. Yeah. Um, now it's interesting you mentioned that because there seems to be a, a a kind of a split in in the field right now. Either people are going buying all kinds of electronic equipment, then uh, then there's another group that's going back to basics using the minimum equipment and even uh, some of the old uh, methods as well that uh, you know like dowsing or uh, whatever anyway so do you believe that or is uh, is that what you've seen too um i never use like dowsing rods um Mm -hmm. 
I tend to use more, I guess, more of the scientific kinds of equipment. Um, Mm -hmm. With that being said, though, um, yeah, I am. I've never really been a dosing rods fan or 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 pendulum or anything like that. Um, I've rooted most of most of my paranormal research and all of that as much in science as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, over the years, it's really become more about having that personal experience. So sometimes I'll just, I mean, there's times I've just walked into a place and all I had was my recorder and that was good enough for me. And I was able to actually get some evidence and that was just validation for myself. Um, but we've, we, even though we do locations where we do share the evidence with the different people and whatnot, we also, um, I guess do personal investigations. So we do them without any, anybody kind of waiting on, you know, results. So. Okay. That makes sense. Do you, uh, do you use a medium at all? We do not. No. Okay. Not that, what? not that I don't know, like eight hundred of them, and all, <laughs> but yeah, no, we just, <laughs> we've just always, like I said, we've always just been rooted a little more in the scientific part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's not to disrespect any mediums out there. I think you know everybody's got to do what works for their team, and for us, it's just we just found that you know it's better not to have one for us. Mm-hmm. Sure. Whatever works, whatever you're comfortable with. You know, everybody's yeah. got their own thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to talk about your new book, uh, which is, is it coming? It's coming out in August, right? Yep. It's going to be released on August 8th mm-hmm. of this year. And it's called? It's called Haunted Detroit. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to the first book in that it centers around, um, a lot of public locations in the metro detroit area uh however some of the locations are not some parts i should say of the locations are not accessible to the public Mm -hmm. but for the most part most of the locations are you know public friendly so yours is like a guidebook then so if somebody was interested in in investigating Detroit, for instance, they they would uh-huh. take your book and and see what uh, you know what places were there and and what the stories were behind it. Absolutely, and I always encourage people to do that anyway, even if they can't do an overnight investigation. I mean, just getting some time to go to those places and just see if anything happens, and right. just while you're there, you know, say you. Say, for example, you go to the Whitney restaurant in Detroit and you have dinner or buy a couple drinks. I mean, you're still supporting that establishment, which mm-hmm. is something I strongly believe in, you know, supporting mm-hmm. those um, those businesses that are uh, small businesses and that need that financial support, especially after this whole COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet you know, you're supporting them, but yet you're still going in there and you might have an experience. So it's kind of a win-win all the way around. Um, but I always encourage people, you know, if you're going to go to any of these places, 
like obviously you guys, I wouldn't have to worry about you guys, but you know, other people out there who are interested and are like, yeah, I'm going to go there and I'm going to, you know, do this and that. It's like, no, like you have to be very respectful. Like some of these right. locations, like I said, some parts are not accessible to the public and there might be a location that's not interested in having somebody, you know, come in there and, and do anything or, or maybe they, you know, only want people to visit between this time and that time. So we just, you know, everybody as a whole has to be respectful of what the business wants. Um, but I, at the same time, you know, it would be nice if, if everybody, you know, all the people that read the book could go visit these locations and, and support them and check them out because they're yeah. really cool. You know, you, you mentioned something that in that statement that's that I find true is that sometimes, you know, somebody will write about a location and, and the person that's writing about the location gets the information and the, the established doesn't really want paranormal investigating in there. They're just relaying this story. They know the person uh, mm -hmm. who's writing the book or who is investigating the book. And then when someone else is coming there and, and they don't they won't allow them to do ghost hunting or, or anything else. They, they become belligerent. They, you know, they say, well, you, you know, this other person has locked it up. They won't let me in. And, and they don't realize that a lot of times the establishment doesn't want that. And uh, they almost feel entitled to it. It's like, Oh, right. this was investigated. Uh, I should yeah. be able to investigate too. And, and that's yeah. a sad part about it. Well, I, I think unfortunately it's become, just kind of like a contest in the paranormal community like you know if I investigate five locations a month and I've been in here and I've been in there and it's like you know whether somebody does it once a year or twice a year or does it every month or does it every week or does it every day you know it doesn't it's not about it's not about that. Like it's not a contest, just, right? <laughs> it's not a contest. Like for me, I mean, I don't know the reasons other people choose to do it, but I have never done it for any reason other than the fact that I'm just like fascinated by it. And I kind of want to find answers for myself, like what happens when we pass and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I want to be respectful when I do it. Like I stopped going to cemeteries because a lot of people found that super disrespectful and I always got arrested one time and I wasn't <laughs> doing anything. Oh no. Literally not doing anything. I, the officer said I put a weapon in my bag and I put a camera in my bag, but. Oh so, my God. Yeah. So yeah. After that, like, you know what? Like it, it's not worth it to me. Like I don't want to create chaos. Like I want to create, I, I'm, I know it sounds cheesy, but I, I want to create harmony. Like I want people to see me and I want, you know, if their initial reaction is like, oh, she writes haunted books. She's exploiting this and that. I want people to realize, like, I'm not exploiting anything. Like, even these, even though I'm, for example, having a, a party at a old mental hospital, I'm using funds, you know, putting funds into that party, and that money is going back into the restoration of that asylum. So right. I want to create, like, a, a impact on my community and the surrounding Michigan communities and show people that, you know, like paranormal investigators, we can do like really great things in our, in our states, in our country and in our of world. Yeah. We're not just 
these people that, you know, we're not just attention seeking and trying to cause trouble. Right. You know, right. we're good people. Yeah. And yeah. you're about, I'm sure you're about historical preservation as well. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I know, I, I feel like most paranormal investigators that I know, well, maybe like 90% of them all seem to be very interested in history, very interested in preserving that history. And they don't, they're, they're, that's what they do. That's what they enjoy. I know I enjoy the historical research aspect of investigation. So me too. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think that a lot of people feel that way. For sure. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about. Okay, that's all right. Go ahead, complete your thought. (laughs) Oh no, I was just going to say there's always that five percent that you know tries to ruin it for us. So well, yeah, there's always that (laughs) self. There's always someone out there that's very self-serving. That's that's how it rolls. So tell us uh, uh, about some of the places in your new book, and and uh, if you can give me, share a story or two about uh, them, it would be great. Okay. Well, um, there is the Whitney Mansion, which is the uh, the Whitney Restaurant, and the Whitney is a mansion that was built by a lumber baron, David Whitney Jr. He built the this gorgeous uh, Romanesque house for his wife at the time, mm-hmm. um, but she actually passed away. So she passed away. Like he was having this whole idea of how it was going to be creative. It was going to be creative with everything she wanted, but she passed away before she ever set foot in the house. Aww. So there, the stories are that his wife um, Flora who passed that she is still in the house to this day um, still in the mansion and people have gone into the bathroom and they've heard her crying or who they presume presume to be her Um, there have been accounts of the elevator doors being opened and a little boy seeing all kinds of Victorian people gathered in the elevator Um, there's been accounts of people seeing David Whitney Jr. wandering around. They've seen him in mirrors. Um, there's a lot of a lot of ghost stories that have come out of the Whitney. Um, another legend from the book is the Nain Rouge. It's not really centered necessarily on a location except Detroit itself. It's the oldest legend of Detroit. And basically what it is, it's a little red dwarf that um, <laughs> runs around causing chaos in Detroit. And <laughs> it's crazy because so many people say, oh, that's just a bunch of bunk. However, I spoke to a former employee of the Detroit Public Library that actually had worked um down in the sub-basement, and she claims to have seen the Nain Rouge down there. Oh, wow. Oh, so my God. it sounds crazy, but <laughs> there's still reports to this day of people seeing this this weird figure. Huh. And then, um, there's, a, there's so many locations in this book. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Erebus Haunted Attraction. It no. was 
actually, um, it for a, a while it was the largest haunted, largest. Wa- um, I can't remember the exact title. The longest walkthrough attraction, like haunted house, mm-hmm. in uh, in the world, and it's it's called Erebus Haunted Attraction, and there is reports of a sinister shadow figure that's in the building that hurts people. Uh-oh. Like, really hurts people. So, oh, <laughs> I'm having one of my book parties there as well. So, I'm hey, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's, there's so many places um, in the book. Uh, I mentioned the Leland Hotel, Eloise Asylum, mm-hmm. um, Elmwood Cemetery. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. The Detroit Six Priest, the former Detroit Six Precinct. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, there's there's like so a lot are, more. Are, are all the stories unique? For instance, you know, you have that whatever that was in, in the haunted attraction trying to hurt people. You have uh-huh. sad ghosts. You have different things. I mean, why do you think that these uh, reports of uh, these particular spirits uh, is it? What's your thoughts on why they're appearing? Well, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, Detroit, many and many of Detroit's ghost stories are intensely tragic. Mm-hmm. Just intensely heart-wrenching tragic. And so I think it's a matter of, like, maybe this person was taken too soon. Maybe this person doesn't know that they're they've passed away or they didn't get you know they didn't achieve or or receive what they wanted in life and so they linger around because they're you know they're hoping that they're gonna I guess still check off those things the tick off the things on their bucket list or something (laughs) um you know I, I think it's I really do think it's like a matter of just being unhappy with how their life ended or you know with how their life mm-hmm. went. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, before you got into writing and everything, do you, did you have personal experiences in growing up as far as that, you know, yourself? It, yeah, absolutely. Um, you mean just in Detroit or in just in anywhere? General? Anywhere. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, absolutely. When I was a kid, um, I had several experiences one of them uh i heard my name whispered in my ear as i laid in my bed i think i was about six years old at the time i would see weird figures i would see really weird things and (laughs) i i never really talked about it all that much because i know people think i'm crazy but i would see like i would see the pictures and my posters like i would see the eyes move i would see stuff like that um and I've I've had psych evaluations. I've never been, you know, nobody's ever said that anything's off with me. And I don't really encounter things like that nowadays. But um, <laughs> I I know what I saw when I was a kid and oh, it wow. wasn't right. <laughs> wow. Was this particular to one house where you grew up? Yes. Wow. Anybody yeah, else? My... Um, Nobody else didn't 
that I am aware of in my house ever had those kinds of experiences, but oh, wow. Yep. That's well, then it was your path. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, you know, I think I'm like I think I'm very um sensitive. Mm-hmm. I never used to think I was, but the more and more I kind of like write these books and I, I'm kind of discovering things about myself as I go through this whole process mm-hmm. and I'm discovering that I'm extremely um sensitive to things and I'll get these like premonitions or um you know I'll kind of just notice things maybe other people don't really notice and I like Mm -hmm. to just think like hey I'm maybe I'm a really observant you know um empathic person but who knows I mean maybe I'm maybe I'm channeling in some way you know could be it could be I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. I'm so not to change the subject, but um, I was just on your author page. Uh, uh-huh. So folks, Nicole is on Facebook, author Nicole Beauchamp or Beauchamp. <laughs> I'm probably doing my long A, but I saw a picture of you at the Salem Witchboard Museum. Oh, yeah. yeah you're out, you're out in our it. stomping grounds. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, I know that place. <laughs> I am hoping someday to live near Salem or in Salem. Oh. I, am, I have discovered I'm really an East Coast person. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm hoping someday that I can move there. Um, right now it's really chaotic because there's just so much going on in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know there's so many people that have made a name out there. And I'm kind of like doing my own thing here right now but i mean someday mark my words i will wind up there <laughs> bucket list well you better let us know if you do because we'll yes, show you all the hot spots <laughs> we filmed a whole show there at the uh salem witchboard museum and uh uh the the owner it's john right the owner ron uh super super nice guy really awesome place to visit i'm amazed yeah, you I, asked me his name. I really like the people of Salem. They're very nice. <laughs> well, not at not at Halloween. Not at Halloween. <laughs> They're all drunk. <laughs> just hey, just stay they inside. Have, they pass one day of the year, I guess, right? <laughs> I uh, for 13 years I did uh, uh, special evidence at the Hawthorne Hotel as part of the festival we did every Halloween and. Uh, Usually get like over a hundred people there, and probably three quarters of them are drunk. Yeah, oh, easily, Brutal. easily, Brutal. or something. Yeah, drunk something or something. Something. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have plans for any other books? Uh, well, I would like to hope that someday I will write another one, but I'm really hoping that somebody will collaborate with me. I'm hoping it will be somebody overseas. That's my goal. Oh, there you go. Um, but I haven't found anybody yet. Um, mm-hmm. I would really, my goal, my ultimate dream is to find a person to write a book with overseas and travel back and forth and um, work on this project together and, you know, share the burden of the writing (laughs) (laughs) 
co-writing with someone is always a challenge. <laughs> Trust it me, is. I know. <laughs> Ron but, but you know, after the first book, it was so crazy because I was like, "Oh, I am never writing a book again." <laughs> it was so mentally challenging. Like I have never been so. I have been through a lot of stuff. I have been through some very, very hard school programs, university programs. And I was like, this like challenged my, my willpower. <laughs> to, and, and just, you know, cause I mean, it's like you write 15,000 words and you look and you're like, Oh crap, just, you know, 17,000 more to go or something. And it's yeah. like, you just, jump off a cliff you know but (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot but you know I don't know I think part of me like something inside of me was like you can't just write one book you don't want to be like a one-hit wonder you don't want to be like (laughs) right you know a one book wonder (laughs) (laughs) so it's the tri-city right your group is the tri-city so what are the three cities because I'm feeling like oh there's a city missing here Nicole so (laughs) you got Bay Bay and Detroit what's the other one well Detroit's actually not part of the tri-city so I just jumped around um I love Detroit more than I love (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that doesn't sound good but I I love maybe Detroit more than I love the other tri-cities but um Uh the other tri-cities are uh, the Tri-Cities, I'm sorry, are Bay City, Saginaw, and Midland. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but I I love Detroit so much, and I think it's it's a very misunderstood city, and I don't think, I, I don't think, even though a lot of tragic things have happened there, I don't necessarily think that there needs to be any more media painting Detroit in a negative light, because Detroit is really a great, I mean, Detroit, it, it needs work, but there's a lot of potential there and it's a very cool city with a very cool history. And mm-hmm. I just felt like, you know, Detroit is deserving of having its ghost stories told. Um, there's so many that have come out of that area. And Absolutely. if nobody else wants to write the book, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I, I have connection to Detroit because I used to investigate down there and I love it dearly. Well, I hate I hate to do this to you, but we have to wrap it up. <laughs> oh, jeez! Wow. So, if uh, somebody wants to find out more information about you, how could they, uh, Nicole? Absolutely. So, if you go to my Facebook page, I'm going to go here just real quick so I can make sure to give you the correct link because I just changed it. Um, so, if you go to my, uh, if you go to Facebook, type in author, and then my first name N I C O L E. And then my last name, B-E-A-U-C-H-A-M-P. And, or you can just go to um, facebook.com backslash author Nicole Beauchamp. Okay, uh, thank you so much, uh, Nicole. Yep. We do have to wrap it up right now. So uh, thank yep, you so no much for being on the show and uh, good luck with your new book. Right, thank you so much. Thanks, Today's Nicole. show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And today's last word is brought to you by Kyle Box. The last words of the fools, and you haven't said enough. And that's the last word.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. <laughs>